book of Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. The times that we're living in. Troublous times. A time there because of the things that are coming upon the earth. Men's hearts failing them for fear. Because of the signs and the seasons and the things that are happening in the heavens. Well, we've heard the old proverbial hell, fire, and damnation. But there's a lot of truth to that. In the last days, we need to know the work of God and who's doing what and what reason is it happening. Is God the author of it? He's not the author of confusion. We know Satan cometh only but to kill, steal, and to destroy. How bet we seek scriptures that in the sovereignty of God he has his will done. We see that in Romans. Paul talks about the will of God happening and they, some will say, well then God in his predestination cannot have anything to put against man because it's already been predestined according to the will of God. But there's free will, there's volition that man can choose and through this choosing and obedience unto righteousness or of sin unto death, he literally, that is his destiny that he chooses by either obedience or disobedience to God and the leading of the Holy Ghost. Paul, talking about the sovereignty of God, and he says, is there unrighteousness with God? And I'm reading Romans 9, verse 14. Now we know Jacob I've loved, Esau I've hated, when they were in their mother's womb and having done nothing, no works at all, in the foreknowledge of God, he already knew their will, what they would do, whether they would line up with God in obedience or disobedience. And we find that, and Paul states that and goes on to says, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Unrighteousness? Because Jacob I've loved, Esau I've hated. God forbid. There's no unrighteousness with God. For he says unto Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up. I raised you up for my purpose, saith the Lord, that I might show my power in you, Pharaoh, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth that God destroyed all the gods of Egypt. Therefore, Paul gives the consummation of it, the final summation. Therefore, hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and on whom he will, he hardeneth. He hardens the heart. That will say then unto me, why doth he yet find fault? Why would God find fault then? For who hath resisted his will? Who has resisted God's will? 
Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay and of the same lump to make that vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? Well, we know in every great house there's vessels unto honor and dishonor. If we purge ourselves from these dead works and obedience, then we make ourselves vessels unto honor meat for the master's use. What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory. Even us, the body of Christ, whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. Now we know that righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. This is what every politician and every believer and non-believer should know that there is in the Lord's sovereignty his will and purpose that will be done. For that that is determined will be done. And he says, the nation that forgets God, the wicked will be turned into hell, and the nation that forgets God will be turned into hell. Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. That's the word of God. We see that whenever he states in Proverbs that truth. In Proverbs 14, verse 34, this is what every politician should know and understand in a leading position of the people that he is appointed to serve. Righteousness exalts a nation. This is Proverbs 14.34. Righteousness exalts a nation. You want your nation exalted. Then righteousness is the key to doing that. But sin is a reproach to any people. We also see that the king's heart in Proverbs also, giving us these great truths, Proverbs 21, verse 1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turns it whithersoever he will. That means God has his way in the king's heart, and the purpose that he's reaching and doing in and through the nations. We find in Amos 9, verse 9, he uses the nations. Or there is a sifting going on among the nations. He uses the nations as his sifter to sift the wheat from the chaff. 
the righteous from the holy. From that, uh, I'm sorry, the righteous from the profane. The holy from the wicked. <laughs> he uses the nations for that. And he said there's a sifting going on among the nations. It's happening now. But not the least grain will fall to the ground. God will lose none of his that he has through obedience. They've come unto righteousness, unto holiness, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, unto a perfect man. They have reached perfection, and that is charity, which will cover a multitude of sins. That will of God being done in the earth, we wonder now, with so many wars and rumors of wars, and such as has never been before, such there was a nation, a time that we're looking at could be the very time of Jacob's trouble at three and a half years of great tribulation. We see Russia right now with Ukraine. We see China there with Taiwan. We see the Iranian proxy there uh, with Hamas, Hezbollah, uh, the Houthis. Uh, they're going against and wanting to destroy Israel. And, of course, uh, Australia and the mix wondering and the democratic nation what will happen to us. And we know that there's major playing pieces on this chessboard as uh, they ponder and uh, meditate on what is the next move. And God then lets us know that that king's heart is in his will, that he turns it whithersoever he will. God is in control. Well, somebody says, I'm against this pastor. I'm against that leader. I'm against that politician. I'm against that senator. I'm against that president. Well, we need to take a good look at it. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. So the will of God's being done. And we may not like it. We may not agree with it. But we are told in Romans 13 that these powers are ordained of God. And we as Christians are to pray for those in authority. Reading Romans 13 verse 1. And somebody said, well, what side are you on, Brother Beard? On the DBM ministry, the team, our ministers, what side are we on? We're on the Lord's side. What do you give allegiance to? To God. Him and Him alone. And we do, in obedience to His Word, in the leading of the Holy Ghost, in order to obtain righteousness. And that righteousness is what exalts a nation. Not through political propaganda and controlling of media, different sites and uh, uh, throwing uh, this out and letting that uh, take the initiative for the mind of the people and their various propaganda and brainwashing people, brainwashing nations. And, of course, this has always been done in the uh, silent, secret, uh, uh, the silent wars, the years of the Cold War. And they would have spies that would do this and do that uh, there covertly. 
The Lord knows all things, knows all hearts, and controls these hearts according to his will. Now, what are we to do as Christians? Well, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Well, righteousness exalts a nation. Well, then we need to know what is righteousness. Every politician should certainly know it. And that is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Righteousness is not a Webster's Dictionary term of being right. Biblical righteousness is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we see that in John 16. We focus on righteousness because righteousness is what exalts a nation, any nation that serves God. The king's heart is in God's hand. And he turns it whithersoever he will. And the people that serve their Lord, their God, in obedience under righteousness, then exalts that nation. And by doing and diligently seeking the Lord our God in obedience under righteousness, yields the peaceable fruits of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Righteousness in John 16, Jesus tells us exactly what that is. And he states it, that righteousness there is through obedience. And that's something that we're told has nothing to do with salvation. We're told that it's faith alone that saves you, not of works lest any man should boast. And that means no works that accompany salvation. There's no sanctification. There's no mortifying the deeds of the flesh. There's no crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust. You just happily go along, make money, seek uh, uh, the things of this world, and you're okay, which is exactly opposite of what the Lord states. He that loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You can't have it both ways. What is this righteousness? What is it that we need to know? And it's certainly the leaders in government governing uh, the nation. What do they need to know? What is righteousness? If righteousness exalts a nation, we should certainly know what that is. And those in authority should real prevail in everything they can do to obey and bring God's blessing upon that nation. Well, what is righteousness? John 16, Jesus states, when the Holy Ghost comes, he'll reprove the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness, and there we go, because I go to my Father. Now, why would Jesus say that? Of righteousness because I go to my Father, and then he goes and explains it. Said, I proceeded from the Father, and I go back to the Father, not around him, not beside him, not a second person of the Godhead. I proceeded from him, one and the same Spirit, and I go back to him, the same spirit. And Jesus states there that I will no more speak to you in Proverbs, in secret, deep sayings, and hiding the office of the Father. I will no more speak to you in Proverbs, but I will show you plainly of the Father. That office of the Father is what is uh, hidden in all treasures, wisdom, and knowledge. 
It's the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. And that is grace that reigns through righteousness. And it's righteousness that is acquired through obedience that exalts any nation. And Jesus stated that. I will no more speak to you in Proverbs, but I will show you plainly of the Father. And when he said, I proceeded from the Father, I came from him, I came into the world, taking on a body of flesh in a human body of flesh and blood, a rational soul, a mind, will, emotions, imagination, and intellect, and a human spirit of communion, conscience, and intuition. A man just like you, just like me, our kinsman redeemer. In a humble state, God himself, the father of glory, revealed in a body of flesh and blood. God manifests in the flesh. He was manifest in the flesh. In the days of his flesh is the father revealed. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the father. The words that I speak are not mine, but the father that dwelleth houses permanently in me. He's the one doing the works. He's the one doing all this works with the finger of God, casting out devils in the kingdom of God coming nigh unto you. Healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loosening the dumb tongue, the lame walking captive, going free. Blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. And that is the Father revealed, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Now we have left that truth. And because we have, and not drawing close to him in the true and real Jesus, then we bring judgments upon ourselves. All God's ways are perfect. All God's ways are judgment. Now in the days of Jesus and as uh, the Son of God, the Father in an emptied out state of glory, made himself of no reputation, in that day, in the days of his flesh, in, in a humiliated state, working as a man, Jesus then shows us the way, the truth, and the life through, after obtaining and being uh, tempted at all points like as we are, yet without sin, Hebrews 4.15. Then he, as a free will sacrifice, lays down his life for us. He takes the ordinances of that law and nails it to his cross and thereby breaks down that middle wall of partition that parted him, his spirit, the father, from his own body of flesh and blood as a man, God working salvation in and of himself alone, not through any angelic force, not through another person of the Godhead, Jesus himself, who made as the father him that eternal spirit of God had to have a man. Therefore, he provided himself a body of flesh and blood. He then looked for a man and he was amazed he could find none. All had sent come short of the glory of God. So he provided a virgin birth that he himself, God with us, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, Christ, that spirit, 
is born in the city of David, Christ the Lord. God Almighty, Emmanuel with us. God with us, Emmanuel. In a body of flesh and blood just like you, just like me. And that kinsman redeemer will be tempted at all points like as we are yet without sin. And he that knew no sin became sin for us, propitiation, and thereby bringing mercy to us through the blood of Jesus Christ, the holy, righteous, blameless, incorruptible seed of the word of God, which we're born by. And by doing so in his death, burial, and resurrection, he's declared to be the son of God through that spirit, which he is, by the resurrection from the dead. He's declared to be the son of God. Now, he goes back to the Father, glorified by the Father's own self, John 17, 5. That's righteousness. As I have spoken to some governors in Africa, and especially the politicians, that if you want to rule the people in righteousness and have God exalt the nation through your obedience and leading the people in righteousness, in the revelation of Jesus, God will back you. The Lord Jesus will lift that nation up. And it's simply through obedience, not of anything that we've done, but through what he has done. And we have that promise that righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. And he says, the wicked will be turned into hell and every nation that forgets God, the true God, not a Trinity God, not a false God, but the true and real Jesus, the God Almighty. That's righteousness. And in John 16, Jesus is expounding explicitly that truth that he shows the people that he is the Father. And he says that, I will no more speak to you in Proverbs. I'll show you plain of the Father. And at that time, at that day, when he's glorified, he's going back to the spirit that he is. He said, at that time, at that day, I'm glorified with the Father's own self. I went back to my former state of glory. I laid aside the glory to become a man. Now I'm taking all that glory back all power in heaven and earth given to me. At that time, you will pray and ask in my name, not Father in the name of Jesus. You put him back before the cross. Jesus said, you will ask in my name. And I say not that I'll pray the Father for you, for the Father loves you. He loveth you because you love me. And he has given all things to me. Glorified that man, Christ Jesus, making him both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ going back to his former glory. He put it off to become a man. He took it all back in glorification. That's righteousness. So therefore, he said, you ask in my name, I say not that I'll pray the Father for you because you have loved me. You've loved the Father loves you because you've loved me. And that is righteousness. And he said, I proceeded from the Father. 
I go back to him. I came from God. I go back to God, not around him, to him. We see that in Revelation 3.21. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. That's a place that he prepared for us as a man. But he went on where? Where did Jesus go? He said, even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, settled, state of glory, always has been and always will be God, even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, down with my Father in his throne, not around it, not at the right side of it, which is a metaphor for power, for an exaltation, not a physical car right hand. It speaks of uh, the elevation or being raised to that place of glory. But Jesus overcame and in set, S-E-T. Why S-E-T? Because not S-I-T, because he has always been God, always will be God, uh, and he's simply going back to where he was before, the Spirit of God. Who is the Lord? Jesus well, who is that? 2 Corinthians 3.17, the Lord is that spirit. So now that's righteousness. He states that in John 16. Before they came to Jesus, they said, what's the time of your coming? When will you come again? And Jesus said there that only, that only the Father in heaven knew that, not the angels, nor him in his humiliated state as a man. Emptied out of glory as one of us, our kinsman redeemer. But he said, only my father in heaven knows the day and the hour when the son of man will return in like manner in that second advent. Well, look at John 16. Now the disciples understood that he is plainly showing them that he is the Father. He proceeded from the Father. They're going to body of flesh and blood, humble himself as a man, and through the death, burial, and resurrection, went back to the Father, glorified by the Father's own self, John 17, 5, that he is the Father of glory, John 8, 24. Except you believe that I am he, the Father, you shall die in your sins. It is... Uh, profoundly required to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven, which is righteousness, which yields the peaceable fruits of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. The disciples understood that Jesus was stating, stating that he is the Father, revealed the expressed image of that invisible spirit, the Father of glory. So the disciples says, now, we understand you came from God, you came from the Father, and you go back to the Father. We understand now that you, Jesus, know all things. You know the time you're coming. You know the day and the hour. You know all things. Why? Because that's righteousness. He is the Father of glory. That revelation is righteousness. And in obedience to that leading of the Holy Ghost, exalts a nation. All that we do is turn to God. As we see, when Solomon dedicated that temple and when the plagues were in the land or the people had turned away from God, we find that if my people 
which are called by my name. Called by the name of Jesus requires being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, born of the water, born again. Now we have a podcast on Jews saying they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan, a mistaken identity. The Jews has had the, the real Jew has had the spiritual circumcision of the heart and the spirit by baptism through the circumcision of the heart and the spirit. And that people then are called by the name of Jesus. They've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. They put on Christ. As many as been baptized under Christ have put on Christ. That's their wedding garment. And they're called by their name. The name Jesus. The whole family in heaven and earth is named that name Jesus. If my people which are called by my name, the true believer, shall humble themselves and pray. Well, we have to be broken, humble, and contrite and seek my face. Seek my face. The face is the glory. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, the body of Christ, that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. What does it reveal? Righteousness. The Lord is that spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17. Well, when you have that truth and you're walking in obedience under righteousness, you know that Jesus is that spirit. He is the Father. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. These three are one and the same, which is Jesus. And all things made by him for him and for his good pleasure, whether it be thrones, principalities, powers, things visible and invisible, all things were made by him. Jesus Christ, he is that spirit. Just because he took on a body of flesh and blood and called it the son of God is the father revealed is not a second person of the Godhead. That's a lie and is unrighteousness. And people have pleasure in unrighteousness simply because the God of this world has blinded their eyes that they would not believe and obey the truth. And that's a hard saying. But the nation that fears God, keep his commandments, are the ones that are called by his name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face. That's the glory. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. We have this treasure in earth and vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and out of ourselves. The Lord is that spirit. That's the revelation. They understand that. The Lord Jesus is that spirit, capital S. He is that God. He is that omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. First Timothy 6, 15, the blessed and only potentate, omnipotent. There's not another. Said to humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. It requires repentance. Now that's righteous. That will exalt a nation. We have that promise. Well, God says, then I will hear from heaven. Forgive their sin and heal their land. Not wars and rumors of war. I'll heal their land. But it's righteousness that exalts the nation. And that's why we say 
that the people certainly should understand righteousness, which grace reigns through righteousness. Romans 5, there's not another. So are we for or against the government? We're for the government. Do we agree with everything that's going on? No, we pray for pray for those that are in authority. That's a, that's a commandment. God has his way in the wind, the whirlwind. Shall there be evil in the city? And now the Lord God had not done it. God said, I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal. I do all these things. That's Deuteronomy 32. Is this not sealed up among my treasures, saith God? For the Lord will judge his people and repent himself of the evil when he sees their power's gone. Not Holy Ghost power, their power. And there's none shut up or left. We will come to the end of our labors and our works do follow us. There we have that true righteousness which exalts a nation. There is no other way. The only reason God has blessed America is because she sent forth through various missionaries, evangelists, and through the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. Even though we are to come unto perfection, but now we have turned our back basically on that truth. Seeking the, uh, the worldly ways and to be friends with the world, to be an enemy of God. And we have to turn from those wicked ways. It's repentance. Then God said, I'll forgive your sins. I'll heal your land. That's a promise. Well, what do we do in the meantime? We're waiting. Well, we need a, when we get another election. Maybe we can vote or do this or do that. It's simply a turn to God. He has his way. He turns the hearts of the king as the waters, and he, whithersoever he will, he turns them. That do and to uh, literally for his purpose and his will to be manifest in all the nations, everyone. So we see in Romans 13, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whoso therefore, whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinances of God, the ordinance of God, and they that resist receive to themselves damnation. Now that's strong. That is definitely for us to admonish and be admonished and to revere God, to fear God, because it's a heaven and hell issue for rulers. And we may not agree with every ruler, but the rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Will thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. He is a minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that does evil. Wherefore, you must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause, pay you tribute also, just as Jesus did. He paid tribute. 
and told Peter, go cast a hook into the sea and take the first fish that comes up and take the two drachmas or a half shekel of gold and pay for me and you, Peter. He paid it. Even though he was free, the son of God, God manifest in the flesh, he was exempt. You have the strangers pay that tax. It was a temple tax, and you'll see that in Exodus 30. But Jesus paid it. Why? Because it's calls pay you tribute up, tribute also, and he's our example, the way, truth, and life. For they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing, render therefore to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Well, that pretty well sums it up. And we know that the Antichrist and that one world government as he takes and deceives the whole world. We see that in Revelation 12 and verse 9. The great red dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. The whole world's deceived. That doesn't mean there's an end of all wars, but it means the whole world is deceived. The world is, but not the people of God. The ones that do know their God will be strong and do exploits. And they will, uh, through the Spirit of God, through the sealing of the Holy Ghost, sealing the service of God in their forehead, will stand a great testimony for Jesus. And they will be strong and do exploits, exploitations, things that's never been done before. So what's the word that we want to follow? That what we must do, very simply, is to obey God. That is the requirements of obedience unto righteousness. The grace is not just alone. Grace reigns through righteousness. Righteousness exalts a nation. That's where America is now. We need to turn from our wicked ways. But first of all, we have to be called by his name. To be called by the name of Jesus is to be baptized into Christ and put on Christ. And that is born of the water and the spirit. If we're born of the spirit only, we say we're Jews and are not, but we are the synagogue of Satan. Why? Because we hadn't had the circumcision of the heart and the spirit. Romans 2, 28 and 29. Then by doing that and called by the name of Jesus, then we have to humble ourselves and pray and seek his face, the glory. And then turn from our wicked ways and repentance. And if we do not do that and turn back to God, then the Lord has stated what he will do. Hosea 6 verse 1 says, Come and let us return to the Lord. God wants us uh, to be righteous in him. He wants us to obey that he extends grace and we grow in grace through obedience unto righteousness because grace reigns through righteousness. Sin reigned by death, grace reigns through righteousness. Through the work of the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that righteousness is the working of the Holy Ghost in grace. Grace then is affected through obedience unto righteousness and we grow in grace. It's not just the unmerited favor of God. It is a dynamic force. The effectual working of the Holy Ghost upon our hearts 
in our spirit and its outward reflection in life, whereby we are living epistles, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We bring forth the praises of God in and through the body of Christ. So, what does every politician need to hear, need to understand, and need to do in performance for the people? Is understand and obey unto righteousness, which exalts the nation. And God said in Hosea 6.1, Come and let us return to the Lord. Well, what has he done? He hath torn. God has torn, not the devil. God has torn. He will heal us. He has smitten. That means smote us. And he will bind us up. But we have to return to him. After the second day, he will revive us. We're in the third day now. We're not in that second thousand. We're in the third, three, that third thousandth year, 2022. We're in that third day now. And in the third day, I'll raise you up and you will live in my sight. If we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. He will come to us, or parousia, the coming of the Lord. It will come to us as the rain, and not the rapture, the rain, which will ultimately consummate in the second advent when the Lord comes back the second time without sending salvation for the salvation of his saints. But before then, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. That is, he will come to us as the rain, the former and the latter rain in the first month. We've had the former rain, Acts, the second chapter. And it was a moderate rain. And we see the embryonic church starting to grow. Grow in obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. Growing up in him in all things. It's the beginning of it. An embryonic church that through the time and going on to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ and to a perfect man is through obedience. We have to obey the leading of the Holy Ghost, hear his voice, and open the door in obedience. Then he'll self with us and us, us with him. But it requires obedience. And that is righteousness. There's the only way that a nation is exalted. That's what uh, the whole United States of America and for the republic for which stand one nation under God that is uh, through righteousness, set out to be a Christian nation. We have to turn from our wicked ways. Any politician, any leader, be it House of Representatives, Senators, Presidents, be it governors, mayors of the cities, it starts with each individual. If my people which are called by my name, they're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. After they repented and received the Holy Ghost, they're called by the name of Jesus. Called by name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. It requires repentance. Then God said, I'll hear from heaven. I'll hear. And I'll forgive their sin. I'll heal their land. This is an hour we need to hear that more than ever. But we know that that is determined will be done. We know 
that they're the Antichrist. Well, they'll see the whole world. We know that. And Mr. Babylon, the great, the mother of hearts, abomination of the earth says, I said a queen, I am no widow, and I'll see no sorrow, no birth pains. I'm not going to go through any tribulation. And God uses those nations for the sifting. Sifting the people of God. There's a sifting going on among the nations, and it's happening now. Not the least grain will fall to the ground. Amos 9, verse 9. But he goes on and says, All the sinners of my people I will destroy by the sword, which say, No evil, no trouble, no tribulation shall prevent nor overtake us. They sit there as a mystery Babylon, that false church, saying, I said a queen, I am no widow, I'm a married to Jesus, and I will see no sorrow. I'll have no birth pains. And it's tribulation work of patience, patience work of experience, and experience work of hope. Hope make it not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. Well, let's pray for the nation. Pray for those in authority that we may have peace and the will of God be done. If we do not, then judgment awaits and is at the door. Well, we would love to hear from you. There, tune into the podcast as we go deeper into the sealing of God's people for this time. This time such as this that's happening now. And the nations and rumors of wars and wars and rumors of wars are happening now. And evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse is certainly coming to pass. We are in the last of the last days. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.